Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Round one is in the books, and uh, a pretty good way to start off the season, bro. It was sensational, sensational to have the footy back. Plenty of uh, plenty to talk about, as it always is. But seems like round one, plenty of talking points came out both on and off the field. Oh, there's plenty in uh, both regards. There's a, a lot of suspensions as well. Yeah, this yeah. week and uh, a couple of big injuries also. A few but... coaches already having to Ugh. ring the changes in. Some whinging about the refs, a bit of everything, a bit of a bundle. But uh, I suppose we kick things off the way we always do with our fast five, which is our highlight of the week, low light, best player and team or worst player and team, and then a question that we'd like to pose at the end. So starting off with your highlight. Mate, I, mine was just having the footy back. It was great just to be able to sit down Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, you know, obviously having the Cup and the um, NYC to watch as well. Uh, but from a personal standpoint, uh, DCE signing with the Titans is probably the highlight of my week um, after a rough couple of weeks for the Titans but um, some good positives and uh, the 20s my 20s boys managed to get a win on the weekend so um, it was a positive weekend for the Panthers club as well they actually go out and play the Titans this weekend at Bathurst so yep, I won't be there I'll be at the mighty Lickham Oval mm. might still be remnants of teeth that Tommy Radonik has knocked out well, if that's the case, I'd, uh, come over. I'd like a sample, <laughs> some kind of sample. Uh, my highlight, uh, more the juniors, I really enjoy every year, seeing new people come onto the scene. So uh, George Jennings on the weekend, I thought he was very impressive. The the two big boppers for the Warriors, Big Lasone, he had a crack game, I thought, and Albert Vette, Campbell Gillard, uh, Luke Bateman got a little bit of game time there. Lachlan Burr up on the Gold Coast, Kira Mosley playing a couple more games. Just I, I love seeing all the young blokes get their debut. Mm. And uh, particularly, I think George Jennings and Lasone were probably the two that stood out for me. Lasone uh, had an absolute cracker of an offload. Yeah. No, no there were standouts uh, in terms of debuts across most games on the weekend, I thought. Mm. Um, but not only that, like I, I thought Hodgson for Canberra in his first game in the NRL was good. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack White at fullback. Yeah, uh, a lot, thought, of, lot of changes. Leisha did very well to play full eighty in a in a very fast game there. The Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was lots and lots of uh, good stuff to come out of round one. But what about your low light? Um, the Manly saga. Just it's as much as you know, people hate Manly or love or hate Manly. I don't love or hate them. I I take them or leave them. Um, I respect them as a club, but it's just sad to see the situation, the state they're in at the moment. It seems like. Um, you know, if you listen to the news that Jeff Toovey's under some sort of pressure, they've now lost Cherry Evans. There's questions on whether Cherry Evans is going to see the year out. Um, you've got Kieran Foran now lost to a, a long-term injury or, or medium-term injury. Uh, you've got the fact that he hasn't re-signed. Um, you, you've already got Steve Maddow out. 
Uh, it just seems like there are a lot of uh, factors weighing up against Manly, and it's it's only early in the year, and they they got flogged on Friday night. Um, I thought their defence was of concern. So um, yeah, it's just it's sad to see you know what was once a, an empire. It's it's really falling down around them. Yeah, well, I'm going to stay away from that one because, to be honest, that's all I've been hearing about. I'm kind of sick of it. Um, oh, sorry to no, I'm just sorry saying, to waste a minute of your day. It would have been similar, but just everyone's harping on about it. I'm like, I get it, and all good things must come to an end. But it's just been mainly, 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 mainly problems, problems. Well, I think problems, you get, so. you're only going to hear more of it because it's <laughs> it is a big issue whether you like it or not. Yeah, 100. percent We need the foreign situation sorted out, but uh, the, well, I mean, I, I think it was. Um, I might have been on the radio on Saturday. I think um, Ryan Girdler said it. That how did they ever get to the point where they had both of them off contract? And it's a fair point, like to let them get to this situation. So, um, but I guess if they wanted to test the open market, you don't really have a, have a yeah, say. In they, it, they never had a say. They were never ever going to get them before they hit the open market. That was always going to happen mm-hmm. to get a real deal of their worth. So there was people throwing stones about that and. Uh, why they let Watmount and Stewart go. The reason that happened is because they're on back-ended deals worth close to 800000 900000 themselves. So their thought was, we're not going to get them, as you said, prior to you know their agents test them on the free market and then being able to gauge their value, and we need that money. So they put that money in reserve. They were happy. They couldn't re-sign Stewart. They are happy for Watmount to go to get the back end of the money, and uh, in one situation, it's bit them on the arse now because one of those blokes is leaving. Yeah, well, it looks like so both will be leaving. They need to get foreign locked up, but uh, you know, I've heard things both ways. I'm not too sure. But my low light, uh, probably to me, th- these are the worst things to see. Clinton Gufferson um, getting a run in first grade again. Good opportunity to lock down a position there in Seno. He's 10 minutes in after busting his arse all pre-season and work his way through, and he does his ACL. Yeah. So, uh, you know, personally... Well, pretty uh, innocuous, too. It didn't look like a, your typical ACL injury. Well, we sat there, and I said it to you straight away. ACL gone, and they had him in the sheds, and everyone was like... See, oh, I, I didn't think right. it was an ACL. I, I've never seen... That's the first time I've seen yeah. an ACL been done like that. Seen a couple. Most, most times, it's... You know, stepping or twisting in a tackle, he sort of got rolled over the tackle. Yeah, his foot got stuck and going off. Yeah, right. but it was just having to go a couple on. of times myself. You kind of know straight away when that's gone. It's uh, it's a very, very obvious feeling. His face said it all, but that that let me down. I just think you know, uh, you never want to see that happen to someone who's put in such hard work over the preseason. No. So, uh, what about your best? Uh, best, best player, best team. Um, I, I struggle to pick a best player, but South Sydney to start the round obviously were were brilliant. Um, and then I, I went for the two Western Sydney sides. I thought Parramatta and Penrith were probably the, the two, apart from South, who I thought were an absolute standout, were the two that really impressed me. Um, Canberra shocked me. Yeah, uh, first half I thought was they were, good. they were pretty good. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I, it was much much of what I expected, to be honest. Um, Newcastle, I tipped Newcastle. Uh, I expected... Melbourne, you know, when Cameron Smith was named, obviously he gave them the edge, and that was a pretty scrappy game last night. But, yeah, my best, clearly South, and then I had the Eels and the Panthers. I thought they were both really impressive. Penrith obviously clocked off at the end. Um, but, you know, there were there were factors that uh, led to that. So. Yeah, I've kind of gone the opposite on that one. Uh, I don't really think Brisbane, I wasn't expecting Brisbane real all that uh, flash, and they, they really weren't. Uh, they were in it up until half-time, and I thought Penrith... Uh, very good against the tough Bulldogs side and obviously the Eels up against Manly but uh, you know they were missing five or six players the most impressive for me was the Roosters they were massive outsiders for some reason and didn't shorten it at all to go beat the Cowboys up there in North Queensland and they just completely shut them out yeah that's one I missed uh, um, Mitchell Pearce obviously that was a game that we we sort of didn't see much of that game but um, I watched that game they, they, they were they dominant were... 
Sorry um, to Roosters fans, I missed. I missed. They, the they, were, the, they were. They were super. They impressive. were the Roosters of 2013. Well, what about this they, weekend? You get Roosters House straight yeah. up second round. So yeah, we're touching on it though. They cut them to absolute pieces. Maloney and Pierce look like the pairing that we saw in 2013. Uh, they defended their line because let me tell you, the Cowboys did have plenty of opportunities too. They were that old side again. They gave away penalties on their terms. They refused to let four pointers in, and they they look really good. And I tell you what. Anything they thought or hoped about Roger Tuivasa-Shek as their fullback it was all shown the other night. It was night. proven, yeah. He is he was uh, sensational. They look a new, new, very dangerous side. And you know what? Uh, what Robinson did last year with, um, by having him there in attack, having Minicello there in defence and kick reception, was a masterstroke. It was great. It, it's really made them more fluent this year. And, and I thought for them, like we're obviously going to break down the games a little bit later, but uh, their spine... Looked and you know as you just said they've got friend to come back in and Kerry did a good job. We did. He did his role. Solid. Yep. Exactly. And uh, yeah, just all the forwards, even the bench. The bench was brilliant. Tokiaho was great on debut. Evans and Napa both looked like the blokes I watched play under twenties. Uh, Isaac Lou got a start. I'm a big fan of his. So yeah. all around for me, Pierce and them are the most impressive. But uh, what about your worst? Well, the worst for me was the, this drug saga. It was the, the worst thing of the week. It looks like none of these charges are going to stick. Well, they yeah, all the, played. The, lawyers, the Titans the players said, have played it not guilty. The lawyers came out yesterday and said that he doesn't even think they'll have to appear in court. That's how, you know, not watertight or how loose and um, unsubstantial these cases are against the players. And it's going to be interesting now to see whether they, they allow them back. I know, I know they were expecting a decision at some stage late today um, mm. as to whether they'd be able to play. It'll probably come out tomorrow, I'd say. Um, but, you know, I, I probably can't see him playing this week because it's so late in the week. It's a short turnaround. Well, not a short turnaround. I still think the Titans, the Titans are happy to uh, probably part ways with Greg Bird. That's grown louder and louder that since the the dropping of him being dropped as captain and now this issue and everything else, the, the, the murmurs are getting that. louder that no. he might go back to Newcastle or somewhere else. So I think Neil Henry's pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, not exactly this situation, but this might give him a bit well, of leverage here. Yeah, probably leads into my question of the week. For them to part we'll ways. a minute. Yeah, well, my worst of the week, uh, Manly were pretty bad, but I had to go player-wise, and uh, I was hoping no one would beat me to the punch, but Matty Johns beat me to it last night. Sean Johnson, I blew up the end of last year when we did our closing of season about all the other Golden Boot nominees, and they said it went off nines, four nations in the NRL season. Yeah, nines to me, that means nothing towards you winning a Golden Boot. Yeah, he was okay in the four, he was pretty good in the four nations, but his NRL season, compared to Jonathan Thurston, Sam Burgess, Jared Hayne, Jesse Bromwich, this bloke won the golden boot. This means he's the best player in the world. He was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, but I weekend. thought he even he even acknowledged that he, he should was have won horrible. The, he shouldn't have won the golden boot. Look, he shouldn't have won the golden I, boot. I think on his on his best day, he could be one of the best in the game. But the problem with um, Johnson is his consistency. It's fine the football. There were so many opportunities there. They went down to twelve men. Where was he? He's kicking. He locked absolutely muffed on that was supposed yeah, to have I, a touch. And then there was a bit of video they showed last night that I didn't see of him not pushing. Yeah, up no, he pushed someone out of second marker yeah. and got on the short side there. And just yeah. Look, we don't know the circumstances behind it. Like for me, it was absolutely no shock to see the Warriors lose. They, I'm not just traditional. About that, but traditionally, they just don't. How long has it been? How long has it been now? It's since the 2011 Grand Final, 2012 Grand Final. Then they made it the Warriors. What year was that? 2011. 2011. So this is the kid that made that grand final on a hot run. You can't oh, look, say I, I agree. He's and, a year or two in back on it. Yeah. The, the issue is consistency. He oh. needs to have consistency in his performance. And it shows, it shows in the Warriors' performance as a team. I mean, he's one of their key players. Uh, more often than not, if, he, if he's one of the best you know, three players on the field, more often than not, they're going to win the game. Yeah, um, well, I thought they missed... 
uh, Sam Tompkins. Uh, I'm not giving him any excuses. But, I, no, I'm not I saying. I'm not him. saying that that would have won or lost in the game. But you know, there were other circumstances around it. They they still could have easily won that game. Yeah. Well, um, I think we we might leave it until we get into it. To be honest, because yeah, we're going over what we'll probably go on the review. But what about your question of the week? Uh, will DCE see the year out at Manly or will he go to the Titans? Well, probably leading into that. Today right? they were talking about Caesar and him swapping, and Caesar's manager said there's that been no talk of it, but they're not interested. They do have interest from Sydney clubs. You confirm similar to what I've said before, Manly, Roosters. He'll, he'll re-sign at the Bulldogs all interested, but they're weighing up their options. They're going to hold on for another couple of weeks and sort their situation. Looking at his options. Um, go, to, go to Manly and play with no one. or Mate, he might be going to the Roosters or Bulldogs. He's no, Bulldogs junior. That so. won't happen. Um, you know, he's fifty-fifty. They were talking about LG and a swap or someone else, but Caesar isn't fifty-fifty. I'll have a million dollars right now to resign to the Titans. Yeah, well, we yet to be seen. We'll have to wait. They're holding out. They're. Do you think he'll see out the season? DC. Yes or no? I think they have to keep him. They got a busted Kieran Foran, and Jack Littlejohn, and nobody else. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, but what? Just cut ties with the season? Absolutely capitulate? No, well, they're probably pieces. thinking that. If we get rid of DCE, freeze up some space. We've got more space to use. They've already got the space. Cap. Um, he's gone. Look, I. They're not going to get anyone. Off, they're, they're not, not going to get anyone worthwhile right now. Well, I think they could even bump up Foreign's deal this year. Well, I was talking using some of that, but I think that's I think that's the, you're pretty much, the angle that they're going for. You're just waving the white flag at the rest of your players, saying we're done for you. No, we're not. Yeah, you're you going to bring in Little John. I think Little John's come in on several occasions and done okay. Look, if the, if the if they're going to play and they're going to, it was clear during last year's final series that he was on the nose. And, and you know, I I don't really have a problem with Cherry Evans from what I've seen of him. Um, you know, the way he talks to the media. You know, he can carry on a little bit during games, but what halfback doesn't? Um, look, I for me, I just see it as toxic. It, it was obviously toxic last year. Um, it's there's remnants of that already appearing this year. It just seems to me like like it's a no-brainer. If they can get him there and they can bump Foran's deal up, um, they can get little Johnny. The money's already there, though. You know he's going. Next year's cap, or this year, has no effect on what they do with Foran anyway. Well, it does. If if Cherry Evans goes, you free up that money and you can give it to Foran. Why would you bother? You're going to get him next year anyway. That's what they're they're trying to re-sign him for. Yeah, but that might be a factor in, hey, I'm going to get an extra 600k or whatever this year. And that'll help me help him re-sign him. They need the more term. than Kieran Foran right now, who can't even play. Kieran Foran's in no position to demand that money when he can't even stay on the field. This is the third, I think. Time They're not thinking about that. You're thinking short term. I'm thinking long term. I'm long term too. Long term. Cherry Evans is gone. He's off contract. Long term. They want to keep Foran. They're already negotiating. They know the money's now free, and he's just done his hamstring for the third time in the last couple of years. So, so you're going to let him go? I don't think they're in a big rush. They need to strengthen their squad. I, I don't think you could write off the season. I'd want to keep Cherry Evans. Keep him around, and I even if he's not happy, mid-year I think they're if looking. Things are toxic. I didn't see toxic. I saw an underwhelming forward pack and a side I, that was missing six starters. I still see tox- toxic. Like the I stuff. think Glenn Stewart, what now? A couple of these guys that had the problems are all gone. No, the stuff, the stuff pre-game where they had him and Tuvi out on the field. He was just, telling him what he was going to do. I know That's that. I understand him. that. I just. There's a lot of factors that are just taken away from what they're paid to do, and that's to play good footy. Yeah, well, half that old group's gone, so I don't really see what the issue is. I think they're underwhelming in the well, forward pack, and there's six come out the and backing up that's what I'm saying. So they, These are the guys that are already gone, though. They're the ones that have the problem. Stuart doesn't want to buy it. For me, look, if, if, if it's possible, I'd be yeah. I'd be moving him on. No Tafua, no Matai, no Gutherson now. DC, oh, sorry, no Foran, no Starling, no Bureau. They had a lot of guys that would have played last week. It would have made it a better Okay, well, I'll flip it. If they were all on the field, would you let him go? 
if they're on the field, depends, like you said, what you get in exchange. But the thing is, they're not going to get anything. They wanted Caesar. We're going to get the money. His manager's going to make that decision, and he's going to make that decision in his own time. So if they're not getting half in exchange, which is what they want, they're not going to do the deal. And vice versa for the Titans. The Titans are. I think the Titans got the money. The Titans have got a, a bit of space in their cap. No, no, no. I honestly just. So yes or no? Do you think he'll see the year out? Yes, I think he'll see the year out. I don't see. I I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't know. I I couldn't let him. For me, I I think if the if both sides could come to some sort of agreement, I think they would. They would move on it this year. Um, But do I think it will happen? I don't think it will happen. There's no benefit to me, and to me, you're in the business of trying to win comps, so. They're not going to win a competition. If they have everyone back on board, can they make a run for the finals? Not, sure. not with all this stuff going Could on. Could they jag something mid-year, a four or two? Maybe, but that's my big issue right now. Get mm. those six players back in, get one or two extra forward reinforcements, and I think uh, you never know what could happen. With that spine and that back line, I never write them off. No, I just don't it's think It's an outside forwards, chance, but to be honest. I couldn't cut it right now. There's no way. But that's uh, the far... Oh, we Where's your question? Now. Uh, well... Mine was kind of similar based around, not around Cherry Evans, though, but Manly, do you see him making the eight? With all yeah, these, I, think, I think they'll make the eight. That's what I mean, with all these guys back. If Tafu is back, Cherry Evans and Foran are still Tafu, there for the rest of the for year. For me, he's just not getting selected. No, he's got injured. Mm. Obviously, well, last year he, he did his name. No, he was going to be picked round one. Yeah. He's out for eight weeks. I thought eight. last year he was, he was pretty poor. Yeah, well, they dropped him after he had shoulder problems again. Yeah, that's And he's had health. But I'm saying, you get the best George Tafu back, Bura, Starling, all these guys that were playing. There's five or six missing Matawa. Do you think they make the eight? They need to fix their middle. Their middle is where their issue is. I don't really care who's on the outside. That, that showed on the weekend. You, you know, in the middle, pa- Parramatta just bashed them and were, were too fast for them in the middle. I, I've got massive concerns over their forward pack, but um, you just you look at their spine, as you say, and you, you think, well, they're going to probably win more games than they lose. I mean, Spine 1-7 to seven as well. Are they going to win 12 games is basically what you're saying. Yeah, and I think they're still better than other sides. 23, I'm probably saying they are. That back line, that Spine, and you know, a couple of fix up the middle. But, but middle will they, I don't think they'll be top four. I, I think, think they're going to four. scratch to get the eight. I reckon they can get the eight if everyone's on board. Yeah, they're they're going to be round about. But then you go back to, it's going to be, it's going to come back to the Warriors and teams like this who are going to be floating around what Manly are. If you get the best out of those sides that we potentially see uh, or say that could climb the ladder, you know, your Brisbane's and your other sides who perceivably have better rosters, they get the best out of them and they improve, then Manly might be in trouble. I'm not really big on Brisbane, to be honest. I'm not either. A lot I of left them out of my eight. Ranting and ranting but I think they'll be around the eight. I think they'll improve. I really not. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much my only one. I looked at the, the players missing and I thought if they're all back, I know they're still pretty light on, but there's too much quality there for me, yep. especially your spine. Spine's win. Look every year who wins the comp. Generally, it's the side with good halves. Mm. Good halves, good ones, six, seven, nine. The Bulldogs, two of the last three years, they haven't had a great spine. They've lost two of those grand finals because they haven't been able to generate points and they haven't had a fullback. So that's just my opinion. But um, that's the fast five. We'll jump straight into our reviews here. It kicked off Thursday night, the competition with the Broncos, who we just spoke of. They went down 36-6 to six, uh, to Souths. And I think the only way to sum it up was it was a dominant performance by Souths. Yeah. They, they completely outplayed. Uh, Brisbane people were saying, oh, they were good in the first half. I think the opposite. I thought they held on. That's all they were doing. They were just waiting until they ran out of petrol. I thought they got bullied. Um, Souths played up tempo. They've changed their game a little bit. My big concern was obviously both the back edge back rowers virtually being halves, but it seemed to play in their favour. Yeah, well, they've changed their style. For me, look, their forward pack was dominant. They rolled through the middle. Their spine was... Isaac Luke, how much was he? Their spine was better. Their, their halves have got better. And that's that's probably one thing that I overlooked in the in my preseason. 
uh, preview of them. Um, just Luke killed whether, it. Whether they, yeah, well, I, I thought Luke was clearly the best player on the field. He right. just carved the middle he of the field every second, third time. Um, he was on the back of that forward pack, and that's what that's what opened up the opportunities for the halves. I, you know, and I know that the halves are great, um, but the other thing, a lot of people. Don't give South the respect. They hold the ball. They complete. They, they do don't give you ball. anything. They don't. They don't give you uh, piggybacks. Um, you know, and they they kick long. They chase hard. They do the fundamentals really, really well. They're all I could say. Anyone that last year, a lot of people knocked on when I said that Kiri needed to come in and Sutton move out of the way, and they go, "No, that can't work." Well, I've got him a comp, and I think it's given them a new element this year to adjust and not having T on Burgess. So. Anyone that knocked into the Kiri move and the Sutton move to the background doesn't think it could work. You're insane. Mm, I, I still, I've got question marks over it. Oh, I've got the opposite. Just Sutton on Sutton on the edge. I got him. Gory got him a trophy, and I think this year. Well, I, Sutton, so I like Sutton on the edge. I don't like him at lock. No, he's not. I never wanted about lock. He can play back row because he virtually sits on that edge as a five eight anyway. So yeah. I never saw. I, I just don't know. Kiri was the missing. Well, this weekend you'll probably see it because you're gonna they're gonna get into a game where they're gonna have to grind a little bit um, with a side who have got good edge back rowers. Who can punch a hole in you a little bit? I just, I don't know whether they're a little, they're a little bit the same same on the edges now. Um, they've got two very similar players, Stewart and Sutton. They're a bit, they want to finesse the ball a little bit rather than, um, well, mind you. And then you look at their centres and you probably say, well, they're, they're going to need it without Avara there. And, um, you know, they look a little bit lean in the back line. So I, I don't know. I've still got reservations over it, but. You can't fault the way they're coached. They're fit. They're powerful. Well, again, um, they got a great spawn. They do. And they got props. They do. And you know what? He's he's identified the fact that he had to change his style a little bit, uh, Michael McGuire. And all yeah, um, was a huge loss. Regardless of what anyone thinks last year, you go back. Well, it and is because they're, they're lacking. They're lacking that class on. He the edge. holds down that edge, and he does. he bullied all the good centers last year. When Jamie Lyon won Center of the Year, I was disgusted. There was a lot of players better. Faro being one, but Kira's only all of got completely overlooked last year. Yeah. Watched both the manly games. He bullied Jamie Lyon. Well, that's why I'm not real big on the name of the team of the year after 26 rounds. I think he proved his worth in the finals. He was so dominant. Yeah, 100%. But uh, Brisbane, for me, the halves obviously didn't work out. I'll say it again. Milford's a fullback. He's a live wire. He's not at six. He shouldn't be out there making 20, 30 tackles. Uh, he's not... But then again, he's, he's not an organiser. play six. He wanted to uh, play six. He left to go to the Broncos. He uh, just didn't want to be at Canberra. He wanted to play six. No, he left to go to the Broncos. No. They said to him, we want you to play six. Lockie's going to help you, blah, blah, blah. And he's he goes, great, I'll go there. He's a fullback. Yeah, I, he, knocked he, back, he went there wanting to play six. He's not a six. He knocked back a million bucks. He's not, he's not a six. To get um, out of Canberra and go back to his family. So look, I can't I, knock him. He took a lot less money to go there. To go where? To Brisbane. Yeah, well, he's still on massive coin. Um, not a million but bucks. But look, he's, he's on more than me and you put together. I'll trust me that. Yeah, he's far too hard. Look, I, he's a professional athlete. Um, and you judged on your performances, and his performance wasn't up to scratch. In other words, a bad coaching decision. You don't have a fullback. You know he can play there, and you've got Cody Nicarima, who is a half, and you've got Greg Eden, who's played some six over in England. You've got two options there, along with Carr, who's played some five-eight, and you put a guy there who's clearly excelled at fullback, broke games open, dominated there, and you've we're just not, we're not there. The we're not line. there. You don't know what's going on. You don't know whether he's saying, "Look, I, I want to be there," or Wayne saying, "You got to be there." Well, we're, we're not there in the inner saying right, the proof, but proof of the proof pudding, in the pudding is, is Kahu not, playing fullback. He's not a six. No, and watching Kahu, it was awful. He may he may develop into a six. Yeah, later but on. He, he can't defend there. He uh, he doesn't have the little idiosyncrasies in his game. To he be shouldn't half. be thinking about that right now. He's twenty um, years old and he's alive. Why he, he looked good? Free. He looked good when he just gets the ball in his hand and he runs. And that's what I mean. At the back, Simple. he's got that opportunity. Um, he's got too much thinking to do. He doesn't uh, need that. And he's, yeah, I, 
for me, it's just a no-brainer putting back at fullback. But mm. then again, they've got Darius Boyd. So what happens there? How do they when he comes back? You reshuffle. I think Boyd's at that stage like Lockyer, where he virtually only ball plays, doesn't on the pill. So I reckon I think, he could easily play six. Thing. I'm sick of people putting one. I to think six. he can play six. You just buy six. You buy half. Well, they if you thought, want a half, that's what you they buy tried half. to do, but I don't think he's a six. He's a fullback. Well, you bring a half up and develop him. Look, I mean, look at Ben Hunt. It took him a while to develop, but he's turned into a, a really yeah, his a really path good was half. by origin halves. He had to hold out. And yeah, I understand that, but he's a half. And the first year he got, finally last year, he showed his quality in why he was the 20s player just, back in the day. He was a great seven. Why, ones don't go to six and six don't go to one. Like, well, know, Matt need, Boylan right now is probably the best fullback. He was a six the whole way through He's a fullback. And he's he's never played a game He's going to continue to be a fullback, and he will never he play. It doesn't matter. In eight weeks, he got himself a contract. Doesn't matter. In first grade, he can handle fullback. Mm-hmm. But you're saying so that the development you, side of that's things. That's He put that in eight weeks and got a contract. Who? Michael Morgan's never ever played fullback. Last year, he's one of the best fullbacks in the competition. He's played hard his whole life. Yeah, I understand that. But you don't you don't put all your eggs in the in an unproven basket. That's the point, and that's what they've done. They haven't bought a half, and now they're stuck. No, he's a fullback. Well, where do you put Darius Boyd? Six. Six. So your problem's the he, same. You've he, bought he too many well, fullbacks. Because he's never really played like a fullback the last few years. You don't have a half. All he does is sum up those edges. Just, I'm scratching my head. I don't understand why you don't understand it, and I don't understand why they think it's going to work. If you, you, you've, you've bought two fullbacks and no halves, and you're short on a half, mm. and you're wondering why your team lacks organisation and lacks any punch, just, it's not rocket science to me. No, I'm not saying that. It's not but rocket I, science. Yeah, I... But I think you fix, it's simple. You but, flip but the move to, out to way, fix it, fix it. I don't know. Either, either you got to bite the bullet. You got to keep him there, and you got to develop him, um, and you got to cop the the short term pain that that's going to cause. And then when Boyd comes back, he may be able to re- release some pressure off him because he can ball play a little bit. Boyd, do I think Boyd could go into front line, play six, tackle, push a team around, kick, pass, and be selective? No. Can he can he play a three on two on the back of a, a block or a, a, a ball out the back? Yeah, he can. Of course, he can. Uh, but it's a, it's a much bigger role. Yeah, but Milford um, couldn't do any of those push things. Push either. Aside, he Hunt, can't. Hunt needs to be the That's one my in point. control. He did that last year single-handedly. And then you just make it so much easier to defend the Broncos. Because wherever wherever Hunt is, you just put the extra man there. And and you're always outnumbered defensively. Or, you know, your offense is numbered out because the defense pushes that extra number there because you know where the ball's going. Mm. That's an issue for Brisbane at the moment. Yeah. Um, they probably need more out of their forward pack. They need a lot um, more out of their forward pack. I and they need more out of their nine. Glenn and Gillette were good. Uh, Gavay, I don't know what's up with him. He looked awful in the World Cup Challenge, and then a silly tackle gets himself suspended. Uh, they've made a few what changes. What did you make of that? You got three weeks for that, didn't you? Well, it was just a stupid shot late, and he hit him in the face in the jaw. Stupid, so. yeah. I, I didn't think it was worth three But weeks. he's got prize, so he's okay. done himself no So it's, it's it's prize that have got Well, he got a couple of charges last what year. What was the offence And with? then you've chinned a bloke with a shoulder charge. So I think he had carryovers plus two. I didn't really look, but he got three weeks on any of the guilty players. So yeah. that was just dumb. I think you deserve well, it. Well, there you go. Like, you you pretty much had a Barry Crocker and then three weeks out. So mm. And he was awful. Like I said, the World Club Challenger looked one, tight. One six of his so. season's already gone. They thought I'll get in that great impact front row we saw last year and the two games I've seen so far, he looked very flat and un- uninterested. So. Yeah. Look, I, Brisbane, for me, I, I mean, Bennett sprayed, well, didn't spray, but he was certainly he had some stern words um, in regards to Thiday's performance. Well, Gillette starting enough. this week in his place. He's on the bench. Um, and I just thought that they, they had no variation in attack. They were very bunched, especially in yardage. They just went one out. Uh, and South and you just eat that for breakfast because that's their bread and butter. They'll just compress in and bash you. That's what they did. Um, and then once once they sort of got behind, I didn't think they had the ability to chase points, which is a concern because sides are just going to go up there and they're going to they're just going to complete, try and get to skip to a two try lead and shut down. 
and to me Brisbane didn't really show signs that um, they've got a lot of points in them which is of concern at this stage of the year I think they need a clean out for the last couple it's just it's the same old same old and holding on to Hodges yeah he's solid at times but I'm not a big fan of Jack Reed. I didn't think he had a good game no uh, I he talked. He goes. He said Vito has errors in him, but Aaron Whitchurch dropped the ball three times in the World Cup challenge. Then two of his first three carries, and then he dropped the football. What games has Bennett watching? Yeah, Vito was making you 165 yards the other night. They couldn't get out of red zone. He was number one as far as wins last year, bringing yardage, and he's a huge body. Yeah, I'm not getting these things. And then Cody Nicarim is a genuine half, good utility off the bench. He left himself short of that and carried a centre winger to play back row who dropped the ball twice. Some really strange decisions. Yeah. Um, we've got to get off this. We've gone way too long, but they really need to pick their game well, was, up. They were saying that he was going to ring the changes, but yeah, he hasn't really. He's put, he's put Fido to the bench and started. Yeah, Gillette's gone in. He's got Nicarima on the bench, and I think Joe Offer Hengarvey is yeah, now getting a debut. Now Gavazia, so he's beat Garbage or Mitch Garbage, as I like to call him. He's yeah. coming in. Um, they got the Sharks this week. They both didn't have great starts to the season. That's at Ramondo, so it's a tough game for them. And uh, Souths and Roosters, as you said, that's a home game for Souths. That's, that's going to be an awesome. absolute blockbuster. Sunday, uh, I'm leaning towards the Roosters. I was super impressed last week. But uh, Friday night, this one won't take too long, 42-12. to 12. The uh, Parramatta Eels absolutely bashed the Manly Seagulls. I think good sign of the night. Started straight away. Um, no Bura, Tafua, Starling, uh, you know, Matai. Then you see Gutherson go down early. Foran does his hamstring at the halftime. You had the DC decision at the end. They got absolutely bashed and bullied in the middle. Um, but the funny enough thing, by the end of the first half, they should have been up a couple of tries. Yeah, well, they, they had, had, shot the they had opportunities. Definitely. Uh, they shot the pieces more than once. The edge defense wasn't that great from Para, But, um, you know, once it come down to the second half and they were just super aggressive in attack and defense, I thought Sandow and Norman, absolutely brilliant together. The hooker rotation, DeGoyce and uh, Pete's worked nicely. He's eased him back into first grade last week after the ACL, giving him 50 minutes. And then hop wide out their backs, just safe as a bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the forwards did their job. Darcy Lasik was angry. Tepo Amaral was angry. Just, I love that aspect about Brad Arthur where he's taken um, from what he's learned instead of just copycatting it and using block plays and this and that. They actually play a bit of footy. I think them and Penrith are probably the two that have really impressed me coaching-wise that they're actually playing some football, yeah. not just working well, off these models. That's probably why I had them in my, the highlight of the week because they're, they're just different to watch. Mm. Um, I thought Parramatta in particular, they look fast and they were aggressive. I heard... Arthur speak on uh, the Dead Set Legends on Saturday morning, and that was something he said that more they were physical. really focused on. And more physical. physical. I love that. I absolutely yeah, but, love that. But last year they were physical, but it, you know he made a point. Yeah, but that I they thought weren't able to maintain it for long periods of time. I, mean, I, I thought week to week and they were choosy. But key key points in that game where the game sort of got into the balance, Parramatta went to another gear and and were aggressive and drove Manly back and forced errors and. Just ran a little bit harder. And I thought the game plan as well, like I said, they were either going to struggle or it was going to bring everyone into it. I think they looked better without Hayne, to be honest. The whole balance of their game just seemed a lot in one more game settled. In one game, they I know it's right. one game, but I'm just saying he in general, he a lot, Hayne. it wasn't a, okay, we need a moment of brilliance. They figured everything out themselves. They had things organised. They were good in the forwards. Yeah, but it's, look, for me, it's one game. It is one game. Um, and for me, they had, there's still some massive defensive oh, um, concerns on the edge. I said that before. They don't, they don't have centres. Brad Tacaroni is not a centre. Um, and Bo Champion got himself caught a few times. But this is a bloke that's barely played first grade because he can't stay on the field. They won first home game over a quality opposition. Um, yeah. who they they've really punched some holes in. Well, they're in trouble early. They've got some injuries. They definitely need to get some of those blokes back on board. Uh, Hassan was looking at two to three weeks. I don't know what happened there. Paula was looking at nine weeks, but seven with an early guilty play. Yeah, I've, I told you. I, I, I don't got... agree with it. But I, like I said to you, I told you they jam him for that tackle. I don't. Yeah. I don't agree Who with it. That? Junior Paula. 
Yeah, I, I can't. I'm not a big fan, but now with this whole neck thing, just because he got a bit of a twist on the neck and his arms are tucked in, people were screaming, "Oh, his arms were held and he had no way to defend." It was absolutely. Yeah, but how many tackles? Do, that's the whole they principle all get of tackling now. They they to lock the ball. Up. That was an old school one on one dominant tackle. I had no problem with it. I had it was no just, problem. It was sort of a um, just a, a hip swivel, really, and it just went right. Look, look, there's no there's no doubt that he. He got him into a you know a poor oh, position, he and it was but it was by accident. I don't think there's any so. intent in it. Nine weeks. Well, they're they're going to challenge it. That's yeah, um, better because nine weeks is it. For me, it's a no-brainer. You go there and you know you challenge it in in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, Hassan deserves a charge. That was blunt. Um, well, that was blatant. That, that's the thing I don't understand. I, I didn't really see the intent in the poorly poorly. I tackle. think he's oh, getting two. Uh, sorry, in two the polo weeks. tackle. Yeah. But in the Hassan one, there was clear intent. He lifted his knee straight into him. I don't um, care if he is what Mao's made. He said that after. You don't you go throw And look, that was the other one. I mean, people were blowing up that we highlighted the Reynolds um, trip and high tackle. Second offence. You know, and they said Thurston. Thurston's the same. If Thurston tripped, they, he should have the same. Off. Don't care who That's it right. is. We want consistency. Don't We've care. said this the whole time. Consistency across um, the board. Stop changing your standards. For me, the Seagulls, their defence was passive and they, they lack punch in offence. Their middle didn't punch through Parramatta at all. They just got dominated. But you know, you know um, what their edge defence, they just, even when they were numbered, they, they had the numbers, they didn't go up and make the tackle. They they bent their line back and, and conceded le- uh, yardage to... To Parramatta, and there was times there where they were, they were, a Parramatta were in yardage coming out, and Manly were bending their line back, allowing Parramatta to pass pass and get around them on the edge. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but the big thing for me is that, you know, obviously the DCE issue needs to be sorted, and the foreign injury is going to really um, put the brakes on Manly for the next couple of weeks. So I'll tell you what, really. It doesn't get any easier. They've got Melbourne this week. You want to know what summed up the forward pack straight away? Darcy last week ironed out Brent Lawrence and stood over him, and then he ironed out Willie Mason, and Willie Mason was on the ground for the first three minutes of the game trying to get his breath. Yeah, back. I don't know what to make of Willie's performance. They he sent was, their message. He was probably disappointing. Um, oh, both disappointing, I thought, the two front rows. I thought Lawrence Lawrence probably just lacked support, and Lassick did get after him, as you say. I, that was the really impressive thing for he me. He sent his message. That was first three minutes. He, he did legally. He didn't do anything stupid. Lassick's got a, a bit of a record for being a bit of a goose at stages, but he was both. great. He, he was that, that's that's what Paramount would need from him. Hundred percent. So this week, eels and dogs. Uh, hope for the dogs bring a better game uh, this week. Two good forward packs going up against each other. That's for sure. Hopefully, uh, the eels let it loose and try and get a bit of revenge after last year's forty twenty debacle when Chrissy Sandow got knocked back from that try. And uh, the Eagles and the Storm always a good game, but. Um, whether it's a Brookvale or not, they're a bit under man. I'm still hoping it has a bit of that fire, but I'm not as excited about this one just given the circumstances. They will have the fire because the game isn't going to be as expensive because Melbourne really showed you on Monday or last night I know, think where they're sort of at. Melbourne the are going to open up once their key players get well, some they will, but I don't think at the moment. I don't think it'll be this week. So no. I think it's going to be, again, it'll be game through the middle of the field, which will, will really light it up. Yeah, it was Super Saturday, Newcastle, 24-14 over the Warriors. Uh, the Knights were fast. They were very fast. Edges, as you always, were absolutely brilliant. And Rick Stone's obviously given him a license to throw the footy around again because they played some expansive footy. And uh, I'm pretty disappointed this week. He's put Sione Matadi back to the bench and brought Gidlin. Because after watching the way they operated last week, one through five and in the halves, I have no Seems idea. A, yeah, it's, some coaches have, have that um, mentality where if a team wins, they, any, you know, if everyone's hey, Kirk Gidley's not part of the best team, team, full stop. And yeah, Cla- even Clydesdale doesn't make well. I thought Clydesdale did. I, I don't know. Week. He's... The difficult, the difficult situation for Newcastle is, is that he's, you know, he's club captain. I think, isn't he, Kirk Gidley? Um, that that's obviously an issue, you know. Like, and you can't not play your club captain. Uh, so, what, what are you giving up for it, though? You're giving up an Australian. Yeah, kangaroo look, I'm not arguing with that point. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of it from the coach's point of view. Um, 
you know, he's got to try and fit both of them into the 13. I don't know how he does that. To me, if you don't fit, you don't fit. Simple. They've got yeah. two Look, good I, I, young I kids. Know. Randall had a great game. Clydesdale showed his worth. He's not going to be playing on the halves. I have no idea these people that go, Roberts isn't good. You're absolutely kidding yourself. Roberts is a great player, and Mullen's signed up for life now. Mm. And Sianni Mataudia, and even if they had Memo or someone there, all these guys have moved out of Kirk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He's had his health problems. He's been a great player, but he's on the back end of his career. Uh, he's injury prone. Well, so do you maybe move him, he, he move him to the bench as a bench utility? Well, I'd still keep Randall. Remember, Penrith, Penrith was brilliant. I think Penrith uh, put Kingston into reserve grade when he was club captain. Um, exactly. That's my whole point. You've got to move on. When someone's passed it and you've got people playing their position, you can't yeah, just look. hold on to this novelty that, oh, but it's Kurt Gidley. It doesn't matter. If he's not the best in one of those positions, look, I, I you think don't he's, play. I think he's in their best 17. I don't. You know, I think I, Randall. I, I, I think, think Randall's at that point, and he showed on the weekend. I think he could play bench utility. That um, utility role is well covered. If that's if that's that's the only way to have me in the team, though, right now, you can't sort of sacrifice. And then if, if that doesn't work, you've then got to obviously yeah. look at other options, like you said. But Clydesdale's the future nine, and Levi's not going to come up just yet. But Clydesdale's your future nine with Levi. Randall's another one that can play both. Roberts is your future. Matiad is your future. All these guys have gone past him. They need to be playing first grade. They need to be starting. Well, do they know something that we don't know? Do they know that Matiad is already going to the dogs? No, they pretty much all come out and said that their manager stitched up. They were looking to try and change management. They want to stay. So it's okay. all about financial well, side of things for him and the brothers. They've got around round 13. They've got forever. Yeah. Uh, look, but on the field, gay guy for me was absolutely brilliant. Um, they're going to gonna make sure that they keep him. I, I'm hearing murmurs that he's almost a done deal to yeah, go back to Brisbane. You know the other one I got there, and again, uh, he's taken these pay cuts because he got himself in trouble and he signed there and extended deal for not much. He's due decent money and he's probably going to be close to origin this year. And then Wayne Bennett comes out and goes, oh, you can come back here, but we're, we're pretty much filled up. So you're going to have to come back for next to nothing. And it's like, hold on a sec. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a starting centre. I should have probably would have been in origin last year if he didn't mess up in the pre-camp. He's already messed up once and blown a couple of years off his opportunity. There's no way I'd sit there and have somebody tell me, oh, you're going to come back here for 200 or 250 or something, just because I say so. No, look, it's going to come back, come down to whether he wants to go back to Brisbane or not. Yeah, Simple well, as that. I, can't, well, I was hearing that in the murmurs. It's like crossed. I wouldn't be, he's not in a position to dictate right now where Brisbane are. No, right. their backline stocks are looking. But he's got that aura about him. I he guess, needs to with some of these players, especially the ones that were well, he's been with in him, Brisbane. He's been with him the last couple of years. Yeah, look, I, I thought the Knights, they played with freedom. Their forwards laid the platform. Um, yeah, Jack Stockwell was good. And all again, that. They, they played a different style. They didn't play that predictable style. No, they um, threw the footer You know, obviously the Warriors bring that to the table as well. So it was it was, a, it was an entertaining game. Hey, their, their kids were good. I had to give them a wrap. I thought Vette and the Sony, like I said, the big boppers. Lola Hare was great at the back. You had an absolute cracker of a game. And uh, I think your other two, your old reliables, Simon Mannering and Ryan Hoffman, what do you expect? They were good on the edge. The same thing you get every week. But, they but definitely... for me, it's one that got away for the Warriors, oh, as they bombed said it. earlier. Someone in the sin bin, they conceded um, a try. Uh, Sean Johnson lacked involvement. The forwards, they didn't lay a platform. 
Um, it was, yeah, no-brainer. Mm. Away from home, round one, they always seem to start slow. Andrew McFadden was scratching his head after the game. So Yeah, well... Who'd, who'd be the Warriors coach, man? said it last week. You're under pressure if the Warriors coach, and especially this year. If he doesn't make the final, he's gone. Yeah, well, 100%. Newcastle against the Cowboys away. Massive outsiders, which surprised me, because the Cowboys were awful. And Newcastle weren't that bad. Yeah. Pose the go. Bounce back. Oh, maybe some bounce back, but usually I don't know. Usually, as Gossip said last week, the team that usually loses round one. Not, to, not to the extent of the line they're giving, but uh, the Warriors, they go down to Canberra. Uh, they don't mind it down there. They've usually been pretty good going down to the nation's capital. So that should be a good tussle as well, especially the forwards. But uh, your mob, the Titans, Saturday night as well, went down 19-18 to 18 to the Tigers. Uh, they showed some serious heart. That's all I can say. Ryan yeah, James, great. Nate Miles uh, led from the front. Ignatius Parsi from the Warriors come on a sniff of an oily rag. He was good. Thought Mosley was good. Lachlan Byrne, the first grade. James Roberts. Um, well, Ryan James is hot and cold because Ryan James... He, he made some errors, but you can't Ryan say Ryan James got try. 10 in the bin at a crucial time. Um, he dropped the ball over the line um, at a crucial time. So I, I saw I saw some good in James, and I also saw some... Well, I think at the bad. end they all contributed, because he dropped one. Nate Miles dropped one, which eventually led the field goal. Nate Miles one was a killer. They all contributed um, to the loss pretty much in the end. They had opportunities to shut it down. And I, I just think 10 minutes in the bin at, at, in this day and age is, is a massive... Makes a massive difference. Well, given the circumstances, To consider though, that we got beat on the buzzer by a field goal um, I, during I, that time... The Tigers pretty much had all the ball, so it was. It's just a a tough pill to swallow for the Titans, especially considering they they worked so hard and they they came so close and came up with nothing. One so. one thing I've got to chuck up there: James Roberts only got six or seven touches of the football, scored twice, made three. Well, I've got him in my notes. He, get, was, he was impressive. Get him more football. And um, Aiden Caesar again ran the ball, straightened up the attack, kicked well. Um, probably wasn't his, his the greatest game he's ever played for the Titans. No. But, he just needs a partner in crime. The Tigers, I'm not surprised. They were a bit fidgety to start, and I said this to you. From all reports I got, they had almost 12 of their top squad guys that are playing now all off surgeries. They're a bit like Penrith. So Brooks well, was... Well, I know even up until the second trial when we played them, they had 13 NYC players in New South Wales. Yeah, Cup well, like I said, Brooks, Because they were so so thin Brooks was nursing. Tedesco only played like 20 minutes of a trial. Simona's off a of surgery. Just so many guys come off surgeries, but... Um, you know, they were a bit clunky themselves, but most importantly, they got the job done and they built some confidence. The standout for me, no difference as it usually is for uh, club football. Aaron Woods just chalked things up. Richard scored 15 of the 19 points, uh, that massive field goal. But number one, Martin Tapia. Well, the other one that people are probably forgetting is the, the sideline conversions. No, oh, Richard knocked over to even he, get them within he, six. He bunted two, didn't he? Pop two, yeah. And the field goal was a 40-plus. And I just thought, the well, that was yeah, a cracker kick. He's just renowned for it. He's, he's the one dude that if you were going to get someone to kick a field goal for your life, he's the man. I love destructive forwards, and I love Martin Tapia. Well, their, their forwards got him home. I as simple as that. It was, it was a middle sort of game. And at the back end there when, uh, you know, the Titans probably came up with a few errors. The Tigers didn't. Um, they come up with some good carries and got him in a position for Paddy Richards to slot that field goal. Well, the Titans, I'm just hoping we see another good effort this week. Like I said, a little bit undermanned, but I thought everyone pulled their weight. I think the only change for them was Burr's getting a start this week and uh, Robinson's going back to the bench, but he's sticking thick, which is good. Uh, the Tigers are not going to read too much in. I think they'll build up nicely over the next couple of weeks because they're a bit underdone. They've got the Dragons this week at home, so that's probably not a bad situation for them. The Dragons were pretty ordinary in attack on Monday. Titans go to Bathurst to play the Penny Panthers, who were pretty red hot, so... Uh, I'll see how that one plays out. But Saturday closed out uh, with the game I was most impressed by. That was the Roosters 28-4 over the Cowboys. They, they were great. Pierce was outstanding. Maloney looked back to good form. 
Talk about Sashek went up a gear, and I thought Cordner and Guerra on the edges were on. I'll tell you, there's a couple of main keys. Number one was the yardage early on. They were making 60, 65 metres in the first few sets. They were back to doing what they're supposed to do. Moa was there. Rory Hargraves are woken up. They've lost nothing by losing Sonny Bill. They get another rep player that just gets the start. And Lou's been developed in that winning culture over the last few years, and now he's getting a starting spot. So whether it's him, whether it's Orbison, and then their bench. You see, again, these kids bred in that winning culture. Napa showed what we've I've wanted to see the other night. He was great. Napa showed whether he's got Evans showed it. Tokiaho has been chomping at the bit since he moved there from the Warriors and proved his worth. Their whole bench uh, contributed to a win. The only player missing, like we said, is probably friend, but Kiwi filled in beautifully at nine there. McKilrick, um whether he's retained later in the year when he comes back in, we don't know. But for now, that's probably a great experience playing in such a good side. Yeah, well, you wouldn't think so. But, but that spine in particular, um, Sheck was everything and more than what I expected at the back. I was waiting... For him to get that opportunity purely because of the way your fullback plays now, that ball playing ability, Minicello couldn't pass. Yeah. Simple as that. He's from that old mile. He was a great ball runner, but I just thought with him and especially the fact he's such a danger on the run too and he played square, um, he did exactly that. He cut him apart a couple of times with his feet and he scored a try and he set one up. So he's all, all and more than what I expected at the back of the field and the halves reignited. So there's not a weak area and the goal line defence when the Cowboys had plenty of opportunities was back to 2013. They were willing to concede a penalty and say, don't have four points, we'll get reset, bring it again. Yeah, so, I'm interested to see how the Cowboys bounce back from that. I'm not oh. taking too much away from it because, again, traditionally they're slow starters. They need a lot to get bounced back. Morgan was awful. Uh, forwards weren't that great. I thought Cooper had a massive game, but uh, all in all, they were pretty flat. They're going to need to pick things up. They need to build points, as we said, to avoid this usual run home. Well, they're at least going to be... At uh, an even record, 500 record at the after origin. I reckon they're going to be over. They never seem to be. They need to get some on the board. Like they're in a Melbourne spot. They lose a lot of players. They really need to chalk them up early. Well, I think you've only got to really be two or three games over 500 to be top four. Mm. Um, so I think that's got to be their goal. But after origin, you want to be at five, um, 500 at least. And then you can, if you can string through a four wins together, which they will after Origin, we you know that. They always come home flying. Don't the real, yeah, but you can't. The top four. They always flatten out, though, because they have to make such an effort to get home. That's why I think they need to put more in the bank early and be able to relax. Well, ideally, they would Be able to lull a little bit at Origin, because they usually never can. They've got to come back and start that That's chase. That's my point. You know? That's my point. Instead, yeah. of, instead of being three games under 500 and battling to get back there, they need to make sure they're on 500. The biggest thing that knocked this out for me was territory. You know what the territory was of time spent or pushing into the roost, uh, into Cowboys' half? I can only imagine. 80 to 20. That yeah. never even gets close. Usually 60-40 means you've been dominant. 80-20, yeah. the Roosters just absolutely annihilated them. Yeah, they did. Uh, and we get the cracker game this week, what we said against South. So that's really, really, really exciting and mouth-watering. And the Cowboys are at home to Newcastle. Um, yeah, I think that'll be a good game, especially the way they like to play their football. If the Cowboys play expansive and Newcastle do what they did last week, it should be a cracker. Sunday, the Penrith Panthers, 24-18 uh, with the Bulldogs. I thought the Panthers were red hot. Um, they were super fast out of the blocks, heaps of second phase, pushing in numbers. Lots of second efforts with offloads and decoys, and I thought in yardage, particularly Dallin, uh, George Jennings got their sets off to a real great start, as well as the finishing, and Seguiaro, what can you say, he was he was next worldly, but I suppose the disappointing thing, but also the positive to take out, I think they learnt that you need to play 80 minutes, because they dominated for 60, and the moment they went to sleep and the Bulldogs played a little more direct and got some opportunities, they pulled them apart and almost pulled their pants down. Yeah, at the that, end. They were, there were legitimate concerns from Penrith all week about whether they'd be able to go the 80, um, especially in that sort of 
condition yeah, you know, with the weather. That one I'm against that for. Yeah, but they've heat. had a everyone, lot of guys off. In the heat. It wasn't it wasn't about that. Everyone's it was about the, the fact that none of them had really played a trial. Or at, at best, they played one trial. Um, and then obviously a lot of them coming off off season surgery, so yeah, well, that was the point. Reynolds was they, off surgery. They uh, so was a couple other players. Tim Brown was off surgery. There's a lot of guys. Not as many as the Panthers. No, but I'm still. Everyone. Point is, pace. if you let me finish, that um, you know they there was concerns there, but the the difference is they controlled the ball. The Bulldogs didn't, um, so they didn't have that fatigue. And then at the back end of the the game, they obviously the Bulldogs had some possession, and that weighed against Penrith. Um, they, they were obviously poor, but Silly errors they also control. played. Um, well, that comes down to ball control, doesn't it? Errors. So, you know, and that that obviously put them under pressure. Uh, they they didn't defend great, but they were also up twenty four nil. So, you can forgive them, um, but it's got to be of concern because it's something that sort of was a little bit of a uh, concern for them last year uh, at, at different stages, getting off the leads and then giving them up. Um, so they do. They have to play for eighty, but. Uh, I was impressed with the fact that they took on the dogs in the middle. They were aggressive. Um, if anything, I think they really threw James Graham off his game a little bit. They're, the line speed in the middle, and they, they really got up and they were aggressive with him, uh, forced him into some errors, which you could visibly see him getting frustrated. Um, and they, just considering the, the preseason and the injuries and all that, that was super impressive for me around mine. I didn't ex- expect him to be, to be that good. No, well, I thought uh, the dogs to me, and I've whinged about this the whole time, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. They just need to punch, uh, lay a platform, and then get some early board players like Lafayette, and especially now they've got both the Morrises, Curtis Rainer. They've got some strikeout wide, but the same bullshit plan that always seems to be. They play this flat crap, no momentum, too slow. Uh, it's just awful. Des Hasler. Well, in good ball, this is what they do in good ball. They're in good ball, they get to the post, they pass it to a middle, who runs a block for a half out the back. Every set in good ball. That's all I saw on the weekend. You see it at the, the end. The only time they really they really threatened was at the end when they threw all that out the window and they played a little bit ad lib. Yeah, but the, the beauty of... But that also came on the back of possession. So, you know, I think you've got to weigh that up. You've got to say, look, we're going to play a little bit of that boring flat style, right? Lay a platform, especially in yardage. Get over the ad line. Get to our kick. Pressure with your, with yeah, your they're kick. They're not chase, even right? running. They're not even running over position. the ad line. They're literally standing. Stone. I know that, but you can't have. Yeah, I can understand the, that. In I can understand that in yardage. If that's how they're going to play in yardage, good luck to them, right? But the diff in good ball, I, I, I just I think they're predictable in good ball. Hey, the troops don't fit the system. Clamar, Cassiano, these blokes put away the bloody block pass that everyone's called on to Hasler. Get them to do the job they need to do. Push up in numbers. Roll the ruck like you did on your finals run last year. The ingredients were right in front of you. They made the grand final off the back of that forward pack doing what it should do, hmm. which is dominating middles, getting early ball to their strike weapon, which at the time was Lafayette, playing off the back of that. Now they've got two Morrises. They've got Lafayette. They've got Rona. They're another year under the belt. They've got a young hooker who loves to run. The last 10 minutes when they got a roll on, he stuck his nose out six or seven times and started pushing through the middle. Yeah, but I think the ingredients the point, there with the forward pack. We're missing the point to start with is that they... Completed. They they made a crap load of errors and they gave away a crap load of penalties. So that 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 really the errors come off these stupid passes though and these stupid well, sideways plays. They need to basic it up. Got especially when back. you've got such a big side, you're going to become fatigued very quickly yeah, if you if you're tackling. Cut the half million halfbacks out and do your job. You got 115. That's my point earlier. Just get in, in, on the uh, in, in yardage. Just get to your kick. Play as very basic as you want, and then open it up in good ball. Well, he needs to get rid of this block crap of the forwards because it's starting to. Oh, it's an absolute killer. 
you see it again the last 10 minutes. When they got going and things opened up, Morris went on a rampage a couple of times because the forwards laid the platform. Something needs to change. Uh, they're playing the Eels this week, as we said, at home. I think the Eels can get them, to be honest. If the Eels play anything close to last week and fix their edges up a little bit. Well, based on exposed form, the Eels have got to be favourites. Yeah, they're right in there. Well, they're not. They're outsiders. And uh, the Penny Panthers, they got the Titans. They're going to Bathurst nice and early this year. Probably a good idea. It was a bit sloppy in wintertime last year. Mm. So get there when it's a bit more of a dry track. Hopefully no injuries come from that one. And uh, the other game on Sunday, the Cronulla Sharks at home, they went down 24-20 to 20 to the Raiders. This was a bit of a crazy game, to, to be honest. It was pretty loose. It was a bit end-to-end. But I thought the Raiders owned the first half and then the Sharks had the second half. Mm. Oh, similar similar game to the Knights-Warriors uh, game. Oh, I thought... Either team could have easily won the game, um, but but in the end, the, the team that played better for uh, the 81. Uh, Canberra impressive. White and he looked great at fullback. Um, I know it's only one game. The halves it really short up. It short up their spine. I was about to get to that. Their nine was good. I thought their halves were were decent. I think, um, I think they they're, went they're away. going to develop. They went away from the plan a little bit. I think the first 20, 30, they looked really, really in control. Austin and Cornish. Thought the second half things got. Uh, a little bit erratic, and there was a few stupid decisions made trying to close out that game. And I just thought the forwards, the halves, and the spine has been set up to work around their forward pack, which is just they're just grinders. Their forward pack, they just get through their work. And yeah, well, they dropped Shillington, dropped Shillington and Boyd, and went a bit lighter. They pushed Charlie Oliver and brought Jared. I, I didn't mind how they looked in the forwards. Jared Kennedy, so. Bateman, Vaughan, uh, Fence, and back. They were just pretty mobile. Well, it's it an important good. away win for Canberra to start the season. Um, mm. And as you said, I thought the Sharks forward, the forwards, Sharks forwards were outstanding. Their halves, the halves in the game and the spine in the game was a difference. Yeah, um, the Sharks spine just couldn't get it done. No, uh, Ennis had a pretty... Canberra's. You know, it wasn't much better, but they were probably more patient. Um, and I thought, obviously, White made a huge difference. He, yeah, uh, with those two, the Fecky thing, the, the individual try from White and uh, two off tries the tap. and the try assist. Well, yeah, the, well, the, the one off the tap for me was the one that really broke the game. What about the try save at the end? Oh, it was. It was tremendous. But that, that one at that stage of the game, I thought, oh, geez, that, that's almost six points for free, you know. And then um, there were stages there. I think uh, Cronulla kicked the ball dead on the full. Um, there was just. Some stupid things that conspired against the Sharkies. Well, he had, he had his hand in everything, and I was just super impressed. It was the try off the inside pass. They did like Melbourne light play where they pulled the ruck apart at the first try. Uh, the tap, like you said, just an awesome effort to read that run through the middle. Then he threw the cutout pass for the try that happened on the right edge. Uh, and then again, after that, when the game needed to be locked down after he went off, he come back on. Absolutely chopped down the winger who was going in to probably give the Cronulla a well, chance. That, that tackle was tremendous. Yeah. Every big moment in the game seemed to have Jack White involved. Um, and I, yeah, I also thought that the Sharks just gave away penalties and made errors at the just the absolute wrong time. Yeah, well, Barber was awful. Uh, Robson wasn't much better. Unfortunately, like I said, I was hoping to see Farmanu Brown, but he's out uh, with an ACL, so that's not going to be happening this year. But Barber definitely needs a little bit of work. I think Robson needs to do most of the kicking. Gordon was good at the back, but I thought even Ennis had a bit of an off night, to be honest. They all they were a little bit clunky. He's going to take time to adjust. Tell you who was awesome. Ricky Latelli. He was good. Sasai Fecky. Fecky was good. Again, both of them are awesome. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And, yeah, there's not much to say. Like we said, Gallon and Fafita were the two that did their usual. Absolutely chalked up. Uh, You know, run metres, offloads, tackles, all the rest of it. But, yeah, they need a little bit of work on their spine. A little more control, but they were pretty ordinary. Yeah, I think you, you take Whiten and put him on Cronulla. Oh, they'd probably win, Cronulla but you've got to win. say Gordon had a great game. No, it was really good. good. So both sides of the fullbacks were good. But Cronulla, like we said, not a great start, and they're playing the Broncos. So a bit of a toss of the coin. Didn't get too much out of uh, either of them from their first round. A bit hazy. And Canberra go home to play the Warriors. So 
on exposed form last week, you'd have to say Canberra in with a run if they play anything like they did, but uh, we all know what we expect from the Warriors. If they can lift their game up, they're definitely with a chance. But we close things out Monday night. Uh, probably not a lot to go in with this one. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, they were four, went down to Melbourne 12. Um, I thought defensively they weren't too bad, but Melbourne didn't throw a whole lot of them, mind you. Uh, Dugan went down with an injury. They're saying he's going to be out for a while, and he was named today. So I don't know whether that's just hit and hope, but um, in attack, I thought they were awful. Yeah, they you played just, you so that deep. Anyone that plays on the Monday will name the same side on the Tuesday. They played so deep. It was ridiculous. Mm. They were like 20 metres Yeah, they, they were. I, look, for me, I thought Melbourne were good. Melbourne Melbourne um, was steady, that's all. They didn't do a lot. Uh, I thought they their halves were, were good without being great. Cameron Smith was solid. Billy Slater was great. Um, I was really surprised at how just very basic they were in yardage. They just sort of give give you the ball and you just run hard. Give you the ball and you just run hard. Yeah, it was like kick. it was just a, it was such a kick on the fourth, um, an overt way of just going. We're not we're not making errors in yardage. We're not making errors in yardage, and it's the old Craig Bellamy. You know how often in the last, particularly the last five years, have they won eight from eight in their first eight games by just completing, kicking long, well, waiting for the other side to make even an last error, year scoring. When it wasn't a great year, and everyone was ripping on. They still went four from four to start the season. Yeah, and, and, chalk and that's wins. yeah. For me, the Dragons had plenty of chances to win. Um, in and saying that, you know the best thing for me, and this is probably coming more from a Melbourne opinion. The first three weeks we travel. And I don't care who the team is, what level they're at. We're not exactly up to scratch because Cronk hasn't had a pre-season. Smith's fresh off a surgery. You could see that last night, the way they played their footy. Billy's had three surgeries to get himself fixed. But if we can build up, get a couple of wins on the road the first three weeks, um, then go home in round four, and at least, like you said, be over 500 heading into origin, I think Melbourne are pretty good to find themselves in the eight again. Yeah, they're the same as the Cowboys. And they've got a bit of room. I, I wasn't super... Keen on who was on the bench, but Leo Red Lars played his first game in a long time in Q Cup. For more reports, got to that well. Back home in round three. Kenny Bromwich, uh, he was down there as well playing. I thought, I like Glasby. Glasby was good at the back end of last year. I thought he was good off the bench last night. Mm. So, uh, you know, the, the bench probably needs a little bit of strengthening. I thought Felice had a few good carries, bar that bloody awful tackle when he speared at the legs. That wasn't good. No, it wasn't. So he's got himself a week there. I would have liked to see him this week. You got a week for that? Yeah. Mm. Probably the only thing that didn't really impress me, I wasn't sure how we're going to go with that left edge as we spoke about. I thought Tonema Payer and um, you know Corabetti were awesome coming out in yardage. They both had plenty of carries, tried hard. Man, I do like, but I think he's still not quite big enough to hold down that centre spot. Sometimes in defence, like he sticks and he tries hard, but I don't. I think he gives up quick play of the balls and he has to put in a fair bit of effort and mark it up on some of these bigger centres. So. Yeah. Um, whether Mahe is your answer, I'm not too sure. We all know what Mahe can give you. He's pretty loose. He brings pretty good an attack, but I think that's still an issue for us. We, we definitely need someone to plug that sword. Yeah, they do. Um, but, yeah, they're going to grow. They're, they've got a lot of blokes, similar deal in key positions that didn't have a preseason. They're going to go Barry Basics until they build up, I think. St. George, uh, Dugan out long term. If that is the case, if it is a syndesmosis, six to eight weeks, I don't know quite where you go. They're going to struggle. Do you, do you put Farrell back there? They're definitely not going to bring up the young kid, Dufty. He's way too way too small probably at this stage and probably not ready for such an experience. Maybe Ewan Aitken comes in, takes a centre spot that Farrell was supposed to take, and he goes back there. There's a few things they're going to have to weigh up uh, as far as plug and fullback. But, mm. yeah, I, I didn't read too much out of them last night. You've got to score points. They I had 40 that, tackles inside the 20. The one tried hard. I thought Marshall and Middop tried hard. Too deep. Way too I deep. I know that, but I, I thought they... The effort was there from them. They, they were always trying. And um, Marshall's, 
I really like the way that he's approaching his footy. Yeah, he's taking the more mature role now. I think yeah, he understands right. who he is. I thought he kicked pretty well. He yeah. bombed us once in that 40-20. kicking game pretty it's a good. huge kick, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much all our reviews. And, uh, well, St. George, as we said before, they got the Tigers away this week. Melbourne play Manly at Brookvale. So, for now, we'll have a quick break. I'll come back and give you the odds. Thanks to WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. So, for anyone that is a member of SportingBet, I don't know if you received an email. If you've been on the website, the name has been changed. Uh, to the title, which is behind Centibet, Tom Waterhouse, and Sporting Bet. That is WilliamHill.com. We're back to finish things off for the night, and I am solo. No Mr. Gossip tonight. He's uh, a little bit under the weather, and also not too much brewing in a ways of gossip as far as the Kieran Foran situation leaves us. Right now, 50-50 reports going both ways. Some saying the offer will be increased now to make sure that he stays. Others saying that uh, he wants Brad Arthur as the manly coach and that's the only way he'll stay or otherwise he will find himself there with Brad Arthur. So lots of rumour and speculation, but the foreign camp is doing a really good job of keeping a lid on things. But to wrap ourselves up, first of all, I'm going to go through the betting odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. They are the brand behind Centibet, Tom Waterhouse, and formerly SportingBet.com. But the big banner now, WilliamHill.com. So get the app on your iPhone and Androids. Get onto the website there. Nothing different if you already had an account with SportingBet. Your account pin is the same, but we start things off. Friday night, it's the Bulldogs against the Parramatta Eels at ANZ Stadium. The Dogs are the favourites at $1.63, $2.30 about the Parramatta Eels with a line minus four, paying $1.91. I really like the Eels in this one. Uh, I'm leaning towards taking either a a 12.5 start with a bit of value there or the Eels just straight up to win. Friday night again, the Cronulla Sharks versus the Brisbane Broncos, both slow starters. Last week, you'd be expecting, uh, you know, both strides to have one, a better showing this week. That's at Ramondas. So, uh, with that being said, I'm probably going to lean the way of the Sharks. But a dollar ninety-one both ways there. The bookies can't split them. Good value. I uh, think the twelve and a half start. If you're looking for multi-value, is good for both sides. You get a dollar twenty-five or either side one to twelve, three dollars fifty. First game on Saturday out at Bathurst Carrington Park. It's the Penrith Panthers versus the Gold Coast Titans, who were very resilient last week. Super short, though. The Penny Panthers, $1.21 favourites. The Titans, $4.50 about them. Minus 12, the massive line this early on in the season. And 13-plus only getting you $1.95 on the Panthers. But if you think the Titans can hold out like last week and make it a dogfight, 12.5 start, you get $1.83. So a bit of value there if you think the Titans can put up a fight. The Manly Seagulls at Brookvale. Uh, down some serious troops. Matto might be back on board this week, but definitely no foreign. Still no Tafua, Gutherson gone for the year, Starling, Bura, etc. Uh, they're $2.20 outsiders to Melbourne at Brookvale. Not very often they're outsiders at home. The Melbourne Storm, they're $1.70 favourites in the line, minus two and a half. Um, personally, being a Melbourne man, not trying to be biased, but going there and having all the injuries. Uh, Melbourne weren't too flattering last week, so I'm still not sure they could create a boil over of 13 plus. So I'm kind of looking at the 1 to 12 there for Melbourne, which gives you 325. Uh, if you think they can blow them out, you might get $3.30, 13 plus. But if you think Manly can keep it, uh, you know, 1 to 12 there, you might want to take them with a 12.5 start at $1.32. The Cowboys, the bounce back factor. Will they bounce back? The bookies definitely think so. They're at home to the Newcastle Knights and they are heavy favourites at $1.41. 
$2.95 about the Knights. Uh, you know, pretty decent odds there, considering they played pretty well last week. Minus 7.5 is a line pretty generous. And I, again, I like the 12.5 start here for Newcastle in a multi, $1.53 or 1 to 12 if you think they can get one over and make it a tight one, $4.55. So, uh, yeah, the Cowboys are expecting to bounce back, but I think Newcastle will put up a lot more of a fight than the odds suggest. Sunday kicks off, probably the game of the round again. These clashes never get old, especially the last few years. Another one uh, that's built its reputation up, much like the Storm versus Eagles games. It's South Sydney versus the Roosters, two big powerhouses from week one. South's heading favourites at $1.80. The Roosters, $2, good value, two weeks in a row here if you're keen in the line. Is it minus one and a half with a dollar ninety one on offer? One to twelve either way. That's probably my favourite bet. Depending on who you think's going to win, three dollars forty five for Souths. One to twelve or three dollars sixty five for the Roosters. The other Sunday game down at GRO Stadium in Canberra. They're two dollars ten outsiders to the Warriors at home. Uh, pretty good showing week one, but almost got run down. The Warriors need a massive improve. They should not be struggling so much. But Conrad Harrell hasn't been named. Sam Tompkins. Named again, but might be out and uh, still a little bit light there um, with some injuries. But Sean Johnson needs to step up. Minus two is a line. Uh, if you do like Canberra, like I said, they they did put up a fight last week. One to twelve, or in general, the two dollars ten to win. You get three seventy for one to twelve, or twelve and a half start, a dollar thirty there. And the round concludes Monday night. It's the Tigers. They're a dollar sixty favourites to beat the St George Illawarra Dragons at two dollars thirty five. Um, the Dragons a bit blunt in attack. Their defence wasn't too bad, but Melbourne didn't throw a whole lot at them. The Tigers, again, they're a little bit flat. They had a lot of guys. Didn't have much of a pre-season, but I'd probably be leaning towards them. The line in this game is minus four for the dollar ninety-one there. Uh, one to twelve either way. Again, I don't think this one will be a blowout. You get three dollars ten for the Tigers, four dollars and five cents for the St George Illawarra Dragons. Or if you like the twelve and a half start and think the Dragons can cover that, they're paying a dollar thirty-five. So some good value there, particularly for me. The charity bets this week, they're back this year. Massive thanks to WilliamHill.com. The last two years we've raised some much-needed funds for some worthy charities. First year, the Shepherd Centre, giving deaf children uh, you know, a voice and letting them hear. And last year, our money, which I put up today, we raised $2,752 for the Starlight Foundation, the Children's Starlight Foundation, a great cause. So get on there if you've got any spare coin and uh, you can really brighten up a sick child's day. Uh, this year, haven't decided on a charity yet, but we are starting that fund again. Our two charity bets, or my two charity bets, sorry, for this week. The Sydney Roosters, I like them at $2. I'm going to have them a crack here to uh, win again as the outsider over the Bunnies. I really like what I saw last week. And my second charity bet, I'm going to have a multi. I'm going to take the Melbourne Storm to win at $1.70 into Parramatta with a 12.5 start, which I'm pretty sure was paying $1.35 or something along those lines. That gets me $2.30, so... Um, both there looking to pay about $100, $130. Hopefully get us off to a good start and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll sort out which charity, which very worthy charity that money will be going to. But just to finish off the odds, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Uh, some changes here in the markets as far as futures. Manly, uh, the top eight now, usually paying about $1.50 or shorter there, out to $2 now to make the top eight. So if you like a bit of value and think they can pull it together once they get their players back, there's $2 about Manly. Uh, the Eels, $2.50 to make the top eight. They started off a bit wider, but if you're impressed after round one and looking to get in before they shorten in case they do, $2.50 for them to make the top eight. The Panthers' top four is shortened into $2.10, so there's still some value there if you like what you saw on the weekend. The minor premier is shortened in further. South and the Roosters went in from about $4.55, now to $3.75. Penrith, $6, both very short. And probably the big one that stood out, 
the Manly Seagulls usually right in the hunt for that man, uh, the minor premiership. With their issues and injuries, they're out to $34. And I don't think in recent times them or Melbourne would ever be in double figures. But both started their, this season and Manly now blowing out big time in that regard. But uh, there's the charity bets for this week. There's all the odds for the games brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly SportingBet.com. So if you had your account with them, uh, nothing's changed. Just the name. It all stays the same. But no gossip, as I said. Uh, Brock, he's gone. He had to go to training. So we'll wrap things up with our tips. So Dogs and Eels on Friday at ANZ Stadium. I'm going to go the Parramatta Eels here. Just not enough from uh, the Bulldogs last week. No Reynolds. I think they'll probably look a bit better, to be honest, because he was a little bit underdone uh, with Embiid there. But I like what I saw from Paris. I'm going to back them in. The other Friday night game, Cronulla and the Broncos. I'm sticking with the Sharkies at home. Uh, the Broncos made a couple of changes, but I'm still not impressed. I think they'll be a close game. Either, could go either way. Saturday down in Bathurst, the Panthers versus the Titans. I've got to go with the Panthers. Um, the Titans, valiant effort week one, but I don't think they can back it up two weeks in a row. Um, that was a devastating loss, and I think the Panthers are too classy. And Saturday, again, the second game, Manly versus Melbourne at Brookvale. Got to go the Storm purely going off what we saw last week and the injuries. If Manly do make a contest of this one or do grab a win, that'll be a massive effort. And Saturday rounds itself out. The Cowboys again at home to the Newcastle Knights. I'm going the Cowboys on the bounce-back factor. They need to dish up a good performance, but don't be surprised if Newcastle put up one hell of a fight. So we move on to Sunday. The Rabbits and the Roosters. I am going to back the Roosters. Uh, They're outsiders, but you could flip a coin. Both these teams are outstanding. I think just off last week, I think they had a harder game. Uh, against the Cowboys, played a better opposition, and I think they were very impressive, but wouldn't surprise me again either way here, Roosters or Rabbits. Sunday, Canberra, Warriors, down in Canberra. Um, going the outsiders burned me last week, but I'm going to go the Warriors. I think Canberra were very solid. I'm expecting the same again early on the year. I think they'll be enthusiastic and buoyed by that win, but uh, the Warriors should be a top four, top eight side this year. They have no room for error early on. They need to pull themselves together and get the job done. And the round wrapping out, the Tigers versus the Dragons uh, at Campbelltown. Now, I'm going to back the Tigers. Again, they're a little bit flat. Uh, I think they've got room to improve, but the Dragons didn't have a whole lot points-wise, and I think the Tigers will scrape home in a close one. So there's all your betting odds. There's all your tips. We apologise again, uh, Mr. Gossett not being here this week. But like I said, there wasn't much in the pipeline. And uh, on top of that, he's not feeling too well. And to finish us off here, a new sponsor... We've got on board for the show is the NRL Profits. So if you are tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in the 2014 season. Their service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including NRL and the Super League. So if you're a fan of that, uh, you can get a bit odds both ways. The NRL Profits has a special offer to all of our listeners here at the fifth and last. It is a 10% discount of all the Access or Profits packages. So if you want to jump on there, visit NRL Profits, and that's not profits as in making a profit in money. It is P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S dot com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the NRL Profits. So welcome on board for them. If you're looking for some pretty good tips there, um, 70 units of profit last year, that's a pretty good turnover. That means you, you're definitely making a little bit of money on your overall investments for the year. So welcome to NRL Profits. Check them out, and you might be able to take the tips you take from him over to williamhill.com, our other sponsor, back on board this year 
for the charity bets. But that wraps us up. Fast Five is done. All our reviews, got your tips, got your odds, all sorted. Sweet, sour, dusted. We move on to round two. We're not going to read too much in. We're going to probably take a couple of weeks, as it always does, for things to settle out. But really looking forward again to another round of the NRL and so happy the football is back. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.